Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. Hi, welcome back to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast. You heard last week's episode with Kyle, my husband, and I discussing what it was like for him to be married to somebody who has anxiety. And this episode, we're going to continue that conversation. We're going to give you some specific examples of when my anxiety was at its worst and how it made Kyle feel. Based upon the conversations I've been having on Facebook and Instagram, it seems like this is a topic that many of you are interested in. So if you're enjoying this podcast and finding it helpful in any way, do myself and Dr. Barr a favor and leave us a review. I've got a link in the episode show notes, so it's super easy to do, or you can rate us on Stitcher or um, your podcast app on your iPhone. And also make sure you tell a friend. It's something that you can discuss um, with somebody who might also feel the same way you do. It could be somebody from church or a coworker. Um, But if you know somebody who has anxiety, you can point them this direction. Also connect with us, Facebook, Instagram, Life Free of Anxiety. We're always happy to hear from you. And make sure you get Dr. Barr's relaxation audio, lifefreeofanxiety.com slash relax. It's definitely a good one. One of my personal favorites. So that's lifefreeofanxiety.com slash relax. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey. Because you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. Yeah, and that's the thing is uh, once you kind of intertwine the families, there's no way to necessarily hide it. Yeah, even though they were supportive and, and tried to understand it as best they could, it was like I was always hoping somebody could just know what it was like or... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I just I took on a lot of blame and a lot of shame. And it was just it was always I just always felt really embarrassed from everybody I've ever talked to with anxiety. I realized I was one of the most ashamed of mm. it that I've ever met. Like I was I really felt that it wasn't right. It was it was wrong of me. I should be stronger. Um, I should, you know really be able to think my way out of this. And it just, I could, even if somebody else had anxiety, I was like, okay, well, they have anxiety. And I could be so um, empathetic to that. But when it came to myself, it wasn't acceptable. And I saw you work so hard. And that was the other thing. It's like, okay, well, maybe this therapist, this is the one. It's going to be, it's going to be over soon. And every time you didn't get to where you wanted, it uh, it just made it almost seemed like the weight increased on you yeah. because you became more hopeless. Did you think I'd ever fully recover? 
You so said you always said you did. <laughs> I always said I did. And well, I'll say I always thought that there was a way for you to recover. And every time you would try something new, I was sure that this would be it. Or if I, uh, you know, I just, I always thought that you could get better. I think there's a time where I didn't know if it would be soon or if it would be eventual. I've, I'm sure there are times where I doubted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I, I don't think I ever really felt like the solution was near Not until you met Dr. Barr, at least. Right. That's a plug for Dr. Barr. <laughs> I think there was one time where things did feel particularly hopeless and, you know, it's, you had been in radio for so many years and, you know, you had to take an elevator, uh, for that. But once you stopped working there, you really never had a need to take mm-hmm. an elevator. And so the more time passed, the the more of an obstacle elevators seem to be. And I remember you having a job interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was a great role to, you know, another radio job, which those are few and far between. I remember you going to the interview very excited and I think there was no stair access. No, they yeah, they that's the thing with a lot of buildings is they lock the stairs. So everyone would always say, just take the stairs if you're afraid of the elevator. What's the big deal? But they would lock the stairs. And this was a job I was particularly right for for a couple of different reasons. I mean, for a couple of really specific reasons. And um, uh, yeah, we were all we were both excited for you to even have the interview. Yeah, I think we yeah. both knew at the time that I needed a job to get me out of the house and get me doing something else besides worrying, because that was another thing. When we got married, I lost my job in radio. So that was that's that really affected things because I had a lot of time on my hands to think about anxiety and try to find a job. And that was a big part of the anxiety was searching for a job. Like I couldn't really concentrate that well and not, I didn't, I also just didn't concentrate well in general. Like if I would go to church, mm-hmm. I remember I couldn't tell you what happened afterwards. Like, and it wasn't cause I was panicking. It was just because my concentration level was so bad at that point. So trying to find a job was just daunting. So here was this job interview of a job I was actually right for. And it seemed like, of course, this is what I should do. And then... <laughs> And then you showed up to the interview, and uh, there's an elevator. Yeah. And, and the security and then, guard was like, made me feel so much worse. He was like, you have it really bad then, huh? And, yeah. <laughs> and I, like, emailed the girl, and I was like, I'm so sorry. This is so embarrassing, but I'd love to interview, but blah, blah, I can't come up. And she came down, and she was really nice, but I I remember this so well. I was like... I know it's so weird. She's like, well, just come upstairs with me. I'll I'll hold your hand. She was like, at this point, I'm being babied on a job interview I haven't even had yet. And then I said something like, I know it's so weird. And she's like, well, it is a little cuckoo, but it's okay or something like that. And I was like, I will, I'm, I'm going to sure go. I have to go. Thank you. But this is so and I'm humiliating. Sure she was perfectly nice and trying to be you know, I know, but, but the cuckoo thing, I mean, yeah. just so anybody who knows who might be listening like, if you want to hurt somebody who has anxiety, say that or say, you've got it really bad, huh? <laughs> and I, like I know this because I've gotten messages about people who say, like, oh, people say, you know, I've got it really bad. And it's like, nobody really knows 
anyway what you've got. And if you want to make your anxiety worse, believe them, you know, believe some Mm -hmm. stranger who tells you something like that. But I, I am sure she didn't mean it like that. She was very supportive in other ways, but she didn't understand anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did not have the job interview. And I went home and I just wanted to, like, never come out again. I was just, mm-hmm. I, I, hate, I, I hated myself. So hard. Yeah, I hated myself. What an idiot. Like, who, I didn't know one person this had ever happened to. I don't even think I told, I think we told your parents, like, I just didn't get the job. (laughs) So we had told them, like, all about it. And so if they're listening, they know the truth now. (laughs) But it was I I think that's kind of a a point where you started to give up a little bit. Yeah. And that was what was the saddest for me. It's being a husband and seeing this and knowing I can't do anything to help and just watching you be in pain and and i'm a fixer so i want to figure out the you know what's the trick oh here's this little thing that you could do oh here's a youtube video with people tapping on their foreheads or whatever it may be (laughs) i just want to figure something out that can help you but it's being a husband or there's not really anything i can personally do Mm -hmm. other than not call you cuckoo (laughs) <laughs> which I, I did I never said anything no, like that, I hope. No. Okay. I do remember you saying like because, you know, we are Christians and that's a whole nother topic, but you would say like, can't you just like doesn't praying help? And I remember reading at the time that that was something that was really hard for Christians to hear. And it was totally something you didn't know. And so I remember telling mm. you that that was something that was um, really hard for Christians to hear because they would feel like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, oh. am I not doing something right? Or, you know, and so like, I remember. Like you're not a good enough Christian? Yeah. And I told you that and you never, you never brought it up again. I remember. Mm. <laughs> I was like, thanks. But you did continue to, you know, to pray for me and um encourage me that way. You just, you was honestly just, you were just asking like, where does like your spiritual life come in? You know? And I, that was a good question. I didn't know. I didn't know what had happened to me um spiritually. You know, it was, I was lost. And, and for me, I, I don't get it. I, I never got it at the time. Um, so I probably asked a lot of questions because it was so confusing to me. Yeah. And so that's probably something I can imagine happens for a lot of people is that there are people, you know, peppering questions at them and it's because they care and they want to get it. They want to understand. Yeah. It's, it's so hard for someone to explain when they don't fully understand what's going through it. And that's why, uh, uh, as I was able to learn more about what you were going through, as you were learning about it, it, uh, it began to make a little bit more sense, and that's when I think we started to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I did first go on medication. Do you remember that? Yeah, and you know, it's there's a lot of talk about medication. I know it was something you never wanted to do, and I think that was probably I, I know it was something that you uh, you weren't excited about, but I think it helped you to be able to manage the symptoms well enough that you could begin to address the root problems with the anxiety is Mm -hmm. is that safe to say yeah um i think the last (laughs) i'm gonna laugh again probably because i want to cry thinking about this um the last thing that happened was i (laughs) 
<laughs> I do remember when I got stung by a bee. This is like the breaking point. Oh my gosh, I, I don't remember this. You don't remember? Oh, good. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> we were at a family party and I went in the pool with my little cousin and I got stung by a bee and somebody brought up... <laughs> Um, like, cause I'd never been stuck, stung by a bee before. So somebody brought up, what if you're allergic to bee stings? I think your oh, dad, gosh. your dad is super allergic. And I'm like, well, what happens if you, you're allergic? You can't breathe. Right. So I was, I just, I sent myself into an absolute mess. I could not stop panicking until the point where I was, we were on the freeway, I think. And I was having a full blown panic attack mm-hmm. and I had to call my dad an adult woman has to call her dad while sitting next to her husband while sitting next to her husband and i was like can you just tell me you love me (laughs) and he was like what because my dad is not like my dad is exactly like kyle in the respect that he does not understand panic he is never he's not aware of what a panic attack even feels like so he was like, but then finally he was like, okay, I love you. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a really big low. Like, this is a whole new low. Out of control. Out of, it was really feeling out of control. And mm-hmm. I was also drinking a lot of coffee at the time, not knowing um, that things were affecting me. I was, you know, I had no relaxation life whatsoever. Like I said, I was falling asleep with a phone in my face. Like Yeah. You were you were in a constant state of being amped up. Yeah. I would Yeah. Um, and these are not stories that like I would ever imagine myself telling. Even I wouldn't even tell honestly like tell some people in my family this. But because I know that these stories are relatable and helpful, it, it like makes me see the freeing side of saying this you know, all of this out loud and, and broadcasting it really. Um, By the way, can hard. I, can I add something in is that uh, yes. I have a, I have a great deal of sympathy and empathy for uh, the loved ones of anyone dealing with anxiety. So, um, you know, it's, if anybody wants to reach out to you either with Facebook messenger or uh, Instagram on your life free of anxiety pages or email you, uh, I'd be happy to respond. Uh, if, if anyone has any particular, uh, questions, what's your email address again? It is Erica at life free of anxiety.com. You know, I, I know how hard it can be to support someone who's going through something like this. Um, so if I can help encourage anyone, I'd love to do that. All right. Well, there is good news ahead in uh, part three of this episode. We're going to be discussing what it was like for me to get better and what that was like for Kyle and also how I did get better. So stay tuned for episode three. That'll be um, our next show. And also make sure you connect with us. Facebook, Instagram, Life Free of Anxiety is where to find us. And you can also get Dr. Barr's relaxation audio totally free at lifefreeofanxiety.com slash relax. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will talk to you very soon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope, determination, or purpose. I know what you're going through, and that's why I want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey. To get your free copy of Dr. Barr's relaxation audio that helped change my life forever, just go to lifefreeofanxiety.com relax. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. See you next week.
Before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.